0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Empowered Agent Podcast. My name is Tristan Campanella. I am your host for Mindset, Strategy, and Success Tips for Women in Real Estate. Today, I am so excited to have Jennifer Cheney on. She is somebody I have worked with in the past. She is a great digital marketer, and she is really niching down into the divorce um, listing category. And I think this is such a beneficial thing to do in your real estate business is to start to think about your niches. So I really wanted to have Jennifer on for that. She's been a realtor for over 20 years. She's traveled the world as a Radio City Rockette, which I did not know. And I'm definitely going to ask about that. She's gone through her own personal divorce, and she had to rebuild her life from the inside and out, which has led her to have a passion for helping people going through this same situation. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. It's nice to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So that's amazing. So first of all, we just have to ask about the Radio City Rocket. Like I didn't even know about that. Like that's that. I, I grew up in New York um, when I was a kid. I saw the Rockettes when I was like
1: six. So to to think that you were a Rockette is absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. I grew up on the East Coast, too. It's not necessarily something that I come right out and tell people, hey, I used to kick my leg for a living. Um, But it was definitely a great part of my life. Um, Traveled the world with it, was on Radio City or was dancing at Radio City Music Hall. And this time uh, of year, especially, it always makes me... Think about it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, because that's when I saw them. And I I, I mean, I think
0: it is a great thing to talk about because you have to have a ton of discipline and you have to have a lot of consistent practice. And I think that's something that really translates into real estate. And it's also, you know, discipline and consistent action are two things a lot of real estate agents really struggle with, myself included, right? So having that discipline from being a dancer, from, from performing and having to be on stage, whether you felt good or not, I'm sure... Probably
1: translates over into real estate, right? Yeah, it really does. And I, I didn't go to college. That was my yeah. college, uh, traveling yeah. the world. And so when I kind of thought about a career after, it was a natural fit. I'm personable. I like people. But more important than that, you don't, you know, when you kind of think about the fabric of your life, you don't really know how it all you know, transpires. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, resiliency was probably the biggest thing that I learned from being a dancer, determination and resiliency. But I can't tell you how many auditions I went to, didn't get, had to pick myself back up and, you know, keep on going. So that rejection and that resiliency, 1000% has led me um, or served me well in real estate. Yeah, because I mean,
0: as a real estate agent, right, we go up in listing appointments, we don't get it, we call people, you know, we have to constantly be very resilient in this business. And I think especially this last year, a lot of agents are, are not doing as well as they were, or they're, you know, questioning things, I think coming back as we look into our next years in real estate and saying, how do I become more resilient? How do I have more determination? So let's segue into that. So you've done residential real estate sales for over 20 years. That's amazing. You are here in San Diego with me, and that's wonderful. You had your own brokerage for a minute with a partner, yeah. and now you're on your own. Yes. Okay, great. And um, when in the past, like, Let's let's go because we're going to get into your niche and that you're leading a masterclass in this. And I really definitely want people to be able to uh, find you and uh, get involved in that masterclass. You might see me in there as well. I think niching down is incredible. Before you started niching down, tell me a little bit about your real estate journey.
1: Yeah. So I've always been the relationship builder and the people side of um, the business. So even when I had partners, I I actually started my career in Bakersfield, California. So not here in San Diego. Um, I was there for 10 years and then been in this market for a little over 10 years now. And with my business partner there, we specialized in new construction. And so I did 100 deals a year um obviously our average price range was very different in Bakersfield California um but we found that niche in um small builders that couldn't you know that didn't have you know a large development process and had realtors um on staff so they needed to outsource that and so we represented around 7 to 10 different small custom home builders and that was our niche then yeah and Um, I've always kind of looked for what people aren't doing and the underserved kind of category um, for anything that I've done. And I'm also passion driven. So at that point, when I first started, I was really passionate about about green living and eco-friendly efficiency. So I became really... um, uh, I went to all these certifications for sustainability. And so I learned the LEAD uh, program and worked with green, um, you know, efficiency, um, sustainable type homes. So yeah. that was kind of my niche. And when I get into something, again, it has to be passion driven. And then I go deep in that. Okay, so that's kind of how I started. And then when I moved down here, um, to San Diego, I just really wanted to kind of reinvent myself. And so I've really been just looking for opportunities and how I could build my business out with different niche, niches, niches,
0: niches, oh, niches, niche. Niche. Yeah. Niche, I say niche, you know, I think we know both of that from that. So the, the one thing, the underlying thing I did hear you say is that it is very relationship building and you are really good at that. You, you build those relationships with people and then from that broader category, because Like a lot of agents, we can get so spread thin, right? We're like, okay, should we go after buyers, sellers? And then it gets really broad and we don't really have anything that we are passionate about because we're either spread too thin or we are just kind of all over the place. And so I think this niching down thing, what what really, so you've already been doing this. Was there
1: like an aha moment for you that you were like, I really need to niche down more? Well, mine was again, driven by circumstance and passion. So I went through my own divorce quite a few years ago, and that really prompted me to, you know, understand the journey of that process yeah. Yeah. and really understand that it's a different transaction. And I don't know if um, most realtors understand that. Yes, the nature of the deal may be the same in certain nuances, but when you get into this industry or this particular niche, I'm now going through a certification that I'll be the only agent um, certified by the courts. And people don't realize that, that, you know, there's, well, there's five of us here in San Diego, but I'll be the one for North County. And there's, there's a whole bunch of um, legs and tentacles that kind of come along with divorce transactions. A lot of it's the emotional side, you know, who we're already dealing with complex communication sometimes but when yeah. you're dealing, dealing with a battle and divorce you really have to be skilled and empathetic yeah. on how to handle that transaction and it's very different um you know if i have a restraining order you know from one wow. person or the other or two people can't communicate in the same room that's it becomes a very complex thing and yeah. the one thing about a niche i will say and i did this now that we're talking through it, I did this with the new construction too. I've always been the type of person that looked at how can I get the most from the least amount, and I don't mean this in a bad way, of work.
0: No, that's not a bad way at all. I think that's a leveraging. I think that is just, that's really, as an entrepreneur in any field, that is how we have to
1: look at it, right? So with the builder, I knew that I was going to get multiple transactions from one builder versus going after the end user. The same thing in the divorce niche category. The end user is the person going through the divorce, but I'm going to get all those leads coming from the mediators, the attorneys, the divorce coaches, and I'm going to get multiple from one person versus you know going. So that's kind of in every category that I've really built my business in. That's what I'm looking for is how I can maximize... My time, my leverage, um, and then create the systems around it that need to, you know, flow and uh, allow me to still live the life I want to live, which is important to me, especially after rebuilding. And now, as you can see in my background, if you can't, um, I have a new family and I'm remarried, and that is my number one priority. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. As somebody who's gone through divorce and is remarried with a new family as well, I think, um, I didn't even think. Well, I didn't sell my house. We that that's a whole other thing. But I don't think there was any particular help for that that niche, right? It wasn't even something that we thought about. Um, and then when you're talking about getting the most from the least amount, what are you seeing like in this particular niche? Where you're selling the house, and then maybe
1: you're helping with either the wife or the husband exes buy again. Does that happen? Yeah, so not only am I getting multiple transactions from one attorney or one mediator, right. but I'm also getting multiple transactions from the end user, the client. Right. And so right. yes, um a lot of times they have investment properties plus their primary, so I'm I'm selling an investment property and a primary and then, you know, um helping them on the the buy side. So yeah. there is multiple transactions and some of it isn't this took me some time. You know, I'm just now starting to really see the uptick and everything that I've been building this year. I just started this in uh, January of 2023. Is when I really kind of went deep in this niche, okay. and this summer is when it started to kind of uptick. And now I'm like absolutely up. swamped, and my my whole I can see my pipeline. It's very hard for realtors to see their pipeline. Yes, we all know the numbers. You have to make X amount of calls, have X amount right. of people in your database in order to equal X amount of leads. But to be honest with you, that was really difficult for me. I'm not a cold caller. You know, I'm because I'm a relationship builder. I'm like, what am I going to do? Put all my sphere of influence and just say, okay, for my hundred, you know, people that I play tennis with and I golf with and I go have fun with. And, you know, how do I know what's going to pop out, you know, on a real estate deal? It was very hard for me to grasp. Yeah. And, And now having hundreds of people in my database that are going through this process. I can actually see okay they just started their journey six months from now they need to sell their house now they're gonna buy they've actually gone through the lending process to know what their equity can get them on the back end like they are in my database and I'm already built out for 2024 which wow. is insane to me and we don't we we really I've never been able to do that and to track yeah so I
0: think that's huge because what I hear is predictability and yes. one of the hardest things after doing this for 10 years is, predictability. And it is an up and down business. If I'm cold calling or calling people or I'm really putting all that effort in, then I will get um, I will get rewarded by that or my business will grow. But I don't really have something on the back end that's kind of working for me through these relationships that you've leveraged. So when you started diving into this, I mean, it's definitely something we all think about as realtors, right? We have probate niche. We have a divorce niche. We have seniors niche, but I think it's more understanding how do you go about doing this? I know you're going to do a masterclass coming up here next month and people, I'll put all the links to that here and we'll help promote you on that. But if somebody like is listening in Kansas, you know, where, where did you start? How did you get started in this process?
1: So the the biggest thing or nugget of tactical advice that I can really, you know, tell people is that realtors always want the end result first. So we think about the commission, we think about, you know, wow, you know, you see kind of the bright lights. Yeah. And I've never been driven by money. Yes, okay. we all want money and that is not actually my main focus. My main focus has been value and passion. And so the first thing I did is meet with my own mediator through my past divorce cuz that's my story. We all have a story in whatever niche we're wanting to do. So, Absolutely. you know, if yours is senior living and somebody else is something else, there's probably something that prompted you to want to dive deep in that area. And so yeah. If you have that story, you you probably have one person in your world that fits what you're trying to go after, you know, yeah. the person like you know, the person that uh owns the senior living center or works there, whichever. Yeah. So I met with my mediator and I said, What do you need? Like I know I'm different and I know I've gone through this and I'm passionate about helping women rebuild and all this stuff, but what do you actually need from an agent? You yeah. know, I don't want to just ask for your leads and, you know, and say, I'm really great. You know, I'm I'm sure nobody ever calls them to ask that either. Right. I'm sure I'm getting a bunch of phone calls. Right. And so I had that personal relationship. I brought her coffee, you know, like it's very basic, you know, what we need to do. And everyone's going to, you know, if they know you or have a, just a little bit of relationship, even if it's from, you know, three people removed, most likely if you bring them something, even yeah. like a coffee and say, I just need 10 minutes of your time. And so she told me, she said, you know what? here's how I need you to do a CMA report. It's very different because I'm talking about deferred maintenance. I'm talking about, do they want to buy out or do they want to, like, I'm giving them multiple strategies versus just asking for the business. I'm giving right. the the people value and then I'm bringing it and tying it back to her in this, you know, um, partnership that we have. And yeah. so I, I do things how she actually told me and instructed me to do them. Yeah. And that helps her out. She knows that I, you know, can do it. She knows I can give her. Going through a divorce, the first thing you do is disclose your financials. So yeah. somebody has to give them an evaluation on their home, right? And the whoever it is, mediator or attorney, wants to make sure that that person knows what the heck they're doing and knows right. how to place a home. Yeah. So if I've shown her because what she's exactly told me what she needs, you need to get a home inspection. You need to do deferred maintenance. You need to, all this stuff that she's told me that I need to do to help her client then I'm going to do it and I'm going yeah. to give it to her and present it to her in the exact way that she told me. And once you do that a couple of times, you gain their trust and then the floodgates, you know, just and kind they,
0: of. Then they, then the, that partnership is built. What I really, uh, one thing I really just wanted to point out to you is you went to her and didn't ask for the business. You list, you asked for what she needed and then you listened and you delivered on that. And I think that's a huge thing that we get stuck in as real estate agents like you said, we get focused on the commission, we get focused on the end result instead of taking the step back and saying, okay, wait, what does this person need? So whether you're going to niche into veterans and maybe you want to teach them uh, how to how do PCS here, how are they getting, you know, stationed here and everything about that or seniors, and how how are they going to transition into assisted living or divorce? But you really have to come and think about, okay, what do the people in this industry need from a real estate agent to be a partner? And then how can I fulfill that need and be that partner for them and then take action? So I'll give you an example. When I first got in this business 10 years ago, um, I had a coach and he's like, go call financial planner, CPA, set it up. So I have no idea what I was doing. I pick up the phone and I'm calling and I'm like, I'm looking to partner. One guy said, yes, I actually got my first listing from him. We still do business to this day, but literally that was just happenstance. Looking back, I would have said, what do you need? And what he needs is to meet more realtors because he's got passionate about helping us fix our financial disasters of being a realtor. And so once after a couple of years, I did that, then like more business came and that became a much better partnership. So I yep. think, yeah, coming with that value or coming with just the listening, like, I don't know what you need, but let me try to find out. I think and that's I, huge.
1: Yeah. And I think I do the same thing when I'm talking to the end user too. When I say end user, it's the people going Wire to seller. Through. yeah. Because I don't come in just assuming I'm going to get that listing. A lot of times I'm making the reference of if you decide to interview multiple people, once you get to the you know part where you're going to sell, here's how I'm different. And I kind of tie it back a little bit. But I honestly, I'm just providing value. And of the, you know, I just did, I got one attorney gave me 12 CMAs, you know, this, this week, wow. so this week has been like, I've been inundated with, with CMAs. Some are in person, some are virtual. But when you go through it and you give them multiple different ways to slice and dice their home, hey, yeah. if you're wanting to buy out, and a strategy could be, here's how you can invest. Here's how you can get a roommate, put it on Airbnb. You know, look for traveling nurses as a you know. There's yeah. I you have multiple strategies that are not about I just want your business, and it right. always comes back to me. And so of those twelve, I can pretty much guarantee. 4 or 5 are going to be my client you know I mean
0: just the numbers alone if you totally messed it up do you still have 12 you know 12 I mean that's a really amazing uh just from one person right so that's that, that's that's huge that's like a huge floodgates of people, uh, of being, uh, having an opportunity and then taking care and compassion into the divorce situation where it may not always be amicable. How, how do you deal with that? So like I have a couple, they're going through a divorce. I've bought and sold a couple houses with them. They are amicable. Um, but I definitely notice I have a closer relationship with the wife, but I really make an effort to, um, continue my relationship with the husband. How do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, it, it can be challenging. I'll be, I'll be honest. Yeah. So there's no real way to, you know, tell you that I'm perfect at it. Yeah. Um, obviously, and I'm going to say this on the podcast, Yeah, <laughs> um, hopefully this won't go out to everybody. But I'm more partial to the woman because I've been in her shoes, you sure. know, of rebuilding financially. And that is my passion. So you know, I I tried it. We are neutral third parties, you know, one thousand percent. And I do I feel like I do a really good job in letting both parties know that. Yeah. But I want to you know make sure that that woman too is able to go through it on the backside and rebuild her financial future. And so I'm giving her you know tips of what to do after with purchasing and things like that. Um, but it is challenging. I will say my mediation uh, leads are awesome because. Yeah. And mediation is usually amicable people, right? They're and people that um, want to work it, it out. Right. And, yeah. and I've never had an issue. Both parties are, are awesome. It's almost like a normal transaction, you know, of, uh, that you would have, you know, with both parties being great. Yeah. It's, it's the trauma side, which is now I am getting, like I said, certified to be um, a certified agent in front of the courts. Once that happens, those are going to be a little bit more, um, uh, harder to navigate and I'll learn that even more next year so maybe you'll let me back on and I'll and I'll answer that question fully next year when I'm in true you know yeah uh, when you, when you go through the yeah because that's going to be it yeah that'll be a
0: different experience and I I do think you know I, I I love that you're passionate about women I I had to rebuild my financial future once I got it you know out of my divorce and unfortunately that happens to a lot of women. So you are a very driven person as far as as I mean everything you've done. You already have a bunch on your plate. But if you were gonna say, like, what are a couple of your really big goals this year?
1: Um, to get help. Okay. <laughs> to get <laughs> my, help. My um, I do have so I've I've built, you know, businesses prior. Um, I've had a brokerage, I've had assistants, I've had a team. And when I went through my divorce, I actually didn't want any of that anymore. I wanted to, I closed my brokerage with my partner. I wanted to only do my deals. And to be honest, I saw myself getting out of the business, which I did for a hot minute. I did investing and focused on my investment portfolio. Um, But now, you know, being back in and kind of getting re energized. I do want to build a team in a sustainable way. I know what I did wrong in the past. We all kind of learn from our mistakes. Um, so I want to build it in a way that's, you know sustainable. We all care about what we're doing. Um, and that's my focus next year is to, you know, get help in building this out in the right way.
0: So let's let's unpack that a little bit more for any team leaders that are listening. What are some of the things that you wish you would have done different? And like when you say a sustainable way, what does that actually mean?
1: Um, I think I didn't know what the systems were at the uh, before, and I brought people on before knowing exactly what I wanted them to do. Okay. And I think we all make that mistake because as okay. realtors, we're doing a lot. We're doing marketing. We're doing you know systems and. And now be scaling myself back to a single agent again, and I'm pretty systematic anyway. You know, I, I like building systems. So I've learned that I needed to do it myself first, which is what okay. I did this year. And now I know what needs to be done and created versus just dumping it on somebody and then being, you know, frustrated when they're not doing it the way you want them to. But in reality, you weren't a good leader. I don't think I was a good leader. Um, in the past. So I've been really focusing on that and figuring out how I can be a better leader and how I can actually instruct, teach, mentor and know what to tell them, you know, is what I need. Absolutely.
0: And I think I, I had a team for a hot second before I met you. I built it, you know, I had a coach, he's like, hire the team buy leads, everybody will be happy. And it, it, what I realized was not everybody wants to cold call leads, online leads. That's not how they want to build their business. And not everybody's going to work as hard as I do. And not everybody, everybody has a different vision for how they're going to do their real estate business than me. And I didn't step back and actually meet them where they were. I didn't say, Hey, you know, Jen, you, you want to do open houses. Let me coach you around that. Or let me help you build a sustainable business around what you're passionate about, because in a year you're going to get burnt out doing the thing you hate doing, and then you're not going to do anything. And then everybody's going to be frustrated. Right. So I think that that's a huge thing. And also I love what you said is like doing it yourself and building that up yourself so that you can see like, okay, that works. It doesn't work. Now it becomes a duplicatable system. Right. And again, that goes back into leveraging. It goes back into how do I how do I leverage uh, my time because I've already created the system and now I can duplicate it for every other agent or show them how to do this. And
1: then we can all work together for a common goal. Right. Yeah. And and. So last year, I became success coach certified too. that's, you know, um, success magazine, we have that at ESP. And, um, and when I went through that program, the best thing that it did for me is I knew this about myself, but it really challenged me to go deep on this is what success means to you. And most coaches, you know, in our industry, I've done the Tom Perry organization, I've done, you know, the large coaching programs, they do, they say exactly what you said, build the team, you know, just, you know, and, and they don't really go through the why process and really what you want. And the reality is, I'm not the agent that wants to do 100 deals. I'm right. I'm just not. I right. when I say sustainable business, I'm okay doing 20 to 25, you know, sustainable. I I have two lead sources. I know they're coming, you know, each year. That is my vision of success. And if I get more leads, those other agents will, you know, take on certain parts, but I am not driven again by how many, you know, one thing we do wrong as realtors is what how many transactions have you had this year? What volume right. are you doing? you know, and that is so far beyond what I ever, you know, want to say. I don't care what anyone else is doing, I want to be under the radar. I want to do my thing, do it well, enjoy what I'm doing, love the people, you know, that I do business with and everyone's version of success is different. So if an agent comes to me and they say, you know, I really just want a supplemental, you know, I need the leads, but I really only want to, 10 deals this year. Great. That's amazing. Like, why is that a wrong thing in our industry? It's a wrong thing. Somebody says, I only want to do five deals a year. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, great.
0: That works for you. And that's, I love, I love that you're saying that because I also think something that happens in our industry is we start looking around at other people and we're like, oh, and then we start flaunting success or that agent's huge. And we don't that may work for them, but in, and I got very caught up into that, like, Oh, I'm yeah. a big deal or whatever. In like, and you start competing within your brokerage or within the industry or within your city. And what happens is you lose what's actually important to you. You lose, okay. you know, I lost my work-life balance. I lost time with my family. I just lost a lot of things that were not important to me. What's important to me is to make a certain amount of money, Um, so that I can have a life that I love to live, but also have time to be with my family and hike and travel and do things, you know? So, and some people are driven. They want to make that hundred deals a year and God bless them, go for it. That's totally possible in our business. But I I love this. And I think taking that time to define success and what that means to you, because it's not just that number. I love that you said that. I think that's absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that's I just awesome. caught up in it too, just like you. I I was the girl running, you know, uh, everyone's production numbers when the MLS came out with that, and you could see what people are doing. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to, you know, see what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And I have not, I think divorce changed me. And I was so unhappy in my personal life that it was all about the external stuff and, you know, <laughs> success. And, um, that's just the last five years have been uh, unraveling that and realizing that that does not mean anything to me. So, yeah.
0: And I think that's also going in deeper, right? Because oftentimes women, especially we have this background story of I'm not enough, I'm not worthy enough. And it's pretty easy to then supplement that back in with external things like our job or work or being successful or making a lot of money. In these couple of things, right? So I I really think that I just commend you for for diving into that. And I love that you are able now to help other people go through that work for themselves to define what success means to them, right? That's amazing. We have just a few more minutes. So I'm going to ask just a few more questions. Uh, Everybody, everyone has doubts. And this job, because we are entrepreneurs, I always like to ask everybody on the podcast when you have your doubts and your fears, what how do you overcome them? What are some ways you you push past those boundaries?
1: Um, gosh, imposter syndrome is real, right? We oh. all feel it. That word has been like a buzzword in the last, you know, couple of years. Um, I'm no different. I've, you know, I, I've seen a pattern in my life when. I have redirected, you know, oh, this doesn't feel good anymore. Or you have an idea and you stop it and you redirect. And now I know getting older, whether it's age or, you know, life change or whatever, that is all fear. So now when I feel that, and I feel either the imposter syndrome or the fear, I just honestly, and it's just willpower, just forcing myself to move forward and realizing that I can either stay stuck you know, it's like that whole evolution of change. And, um, the 12, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 12 week year, but the 12 week year is a really good, um, circle of change. And basically there's five phases and most people get stuck in phase two and phase three, because you feel uncomfortable and you feel, um, he, he says it's uninformed positivity. You know, it's like, you want to be positive and you know, you want to do it, but then all of a sudden all the information comes to you as far as how much it's going to take or work to do what you want to do. And the positivity goes down and it just keeps going down and you can't get out of it and realize that you just need to cross to the other side. It's, it's a simple, just moving through and crossing to the other side and who cares if it doesn't work. And I think age, you know, maybe has taught me that who honestly gives a crap, you know, if it doesn't work, I, I'm, I know I'm a good person and I'm doing good and I'm just trying. And if I fail, it's okay. You know, it's, it's really okay.
0: Yeah. And I think too, right. That's where I'm doing a bunch of different things. I'm, you know, really getting my membership site together and, and I'm super uncomfortable right now. And there's some moments where I wake up and I think I can't do this. This is too much. And then I think, well, if I don't try it, what am I losing? Right. But it is, I can see where it's easy to get stuck and be like, oh, my God, it's too much. I don't want to do it. I'm too uncomfortable. And then we never move forward. So what I'm hearing you say is just move forward, take those steps, keep going. Um, is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just breaking through. Just And and there's no real, you know, if you talk to anyone or read all these, I'm like a self-help junkie. I, me you know, too. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Like I have every book on, on earth, I feel like, but, um, they all say the same thing. Like we keep reading them, but they all say the same thing. They were in the same spot as all of us at one yeah, point. It that's just true. And yeah, so- I'm a
0: certified NLP coach and yeah. NLP tells us that success leaves clues. And the biggest thing we can see is if somebody else, you've seen somebody else anywhere do something you want to do. It is possible. So then you can reframe your thought process and your limiting beliefs around the fact that that is possible. I can do this. I can do divorces, um, you know, and have a good, comfortable life because now I'm listening to Jennifer on this podcast and that is possible. Now, what do I need to do? What are the steps I need to take? Which would be to come to your masterclass. So let's end with that. Tell us a little bit about this masterclass.
1: So this was really driven by agents asking me, um, you know, again, I rebuilt my business just this year and, um, and now I have listings and, um, whole trajectory for 2024. So agents were asking me what I was doing. So I built, um, it's going to be in January. So if you go to divorce niche that is, that will lead you to, um, the landing page and, um, don't if you're going to it right now don't go to it cuz i just, i'm boarding it right after this call okay great <laughs> but it's divorcenichemastery.com and um i'm i'm going to teach a masterclass so i'm just going to share how i got into it obviously it's not like i've been into it for 14 15 years so that's what i'm i've been in the business for 20 years but this niche has only been this year so i want to show people that it can be done um, and that, to me, it is a recession-proof niche. Yeah. And I'm also going to go over five other recession-proof niches. And we talked about one of them, which was senior living. Yeah. Um, But there's five different ones that I've kind of identified. And you, know, you can build out a niche, exactly what I'm doing in divorce, in those other five.
0: It's and- like duplicatable because seniors is one thing that I'm very passionate about, something, a niche I'm build- building out this year. So it is something that you could take and duplicate. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, Perfect, perfect. Well, you will see me in that class. I'm excited. Jen, thank you so much for being here. I will make sure all of the information to find Jennifer is in the show notes. Um, Please reach out to her if you have any questions. She is a fantastic person with a ton of knowledge. Thanks you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call you. Okay, hey, sounds A good. good.